Welcome to the I Might Be Wrong podcast with Justin Foster and myself, Juan Kingsbury. Justin and I are really good friends who are always talking about everything under the sun, and we trust each other. We can say things that, frankly, would be embarrassing or misunderstood uh, in the public eye, and so that's what we're going to do. We're going to say it and record it and let you decide if we're wrong. But we do ask that you consider it for yourself. The things that you believe in, the things that you uh, say you have conviction about. Is there a chance that you might be wrong? We hope you enjoy our show. Back for another episode and this time, we're going to start off with our first uh, audio question that was uh, sent uh, on the Anchor.fm platform, where you can, uh, where we're hosting the the podcast as well as Apple and all that stuff. But uh, from Jimmy, longtime fan, first time caller, um, <laughs> basically was asking uh, what you meant from a previous episode about what a real alpha male is. Yeah, and I think yeah, the question was what. Um... Are am I saying that alpha males are healthy males? Um, yes, that's what, yeah, yeah, and and I think this goes into kind of the topic for this kind of the setup here for this is the topic today is about um, how we as men process feelings, um, and so when I talk about alpha male, um, I'm talking about a um, a, a, ma- a, a, a man or a masculine energy that is. Um, that is forward leaning, that is, that is, um, aggressive, um, that it's, uh, it's offense minded. That's why alpha males are offensive because they are offensive sometimes to people <laughs> because they are, yeah, they're, they're on the, yeah, they, they're, they're offensive coordinators, not defensive coordinators per se. And, um, alpha males are, have been the archetype, which masculinity has been measured against for many, many years. I mean, you go all back to the Spartans essentially. Um, and, and Native Americans and um, other indigenous people and everything. The alpha was kind of like, this is, this is the epitome of masculinity. Yeah. So then Hollywood comes along and we have people like John Wayne and Clint Eastwood. And those are, that's like, oh, we got to be like that. Yeah. Um, and so to Jimmy's question, no, I do not believe that um, alpha males are healthy males. Um, nor do I believe that beta males are unhealthy or healthy. I think that masculinity and, 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 and being the only gender I can speak to, um, directly from experience is we just have a different, if an alpha male is going to have a different mindset about a situation. Uh, another way to look at it is an alpha in a trauma, trauma situation or traumatic event situation is going to want to fight. Yeah. Um, it's not about flight. It's not about freeze. It's about fight. Let's fight. Um, now, I think the reason that we've had over the years, this, um, this, par- the, this is the paragon of masculinity, is because that was the kind of person you needed to keep your tribe alive. Yeah. You didn't need someone to sit down and talk about their feelings. You needed someone to go, that could go out and you know, kill people and break things. And that was what it was a survival requirement. But as, as we've changed and as society has evolved and everything, I think this is why alpha males are often misunderstood and why they need an, a healthy outlet because an alpha male without a healthy outlet, what it'll often be manifested in very unhealthy behavior towards themselves and other people. Yeah. 
You just um, said uh, kill people and break things, and immediately mm-hmm. I thought of like a, an early '90s like rap metal album, um, and just like, <laughs> but that—that's what's sold. That's what's cool, and yeah. and or was, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. but yeah. I also yeah. I don't know if I mentioned it on a different podcast. We're listening to or we watched this movie show uh, away about the first manned mission to Mars and this drama mm-hmm. and stuff. But I was like, you can't be, you can't put Patton on that ship and expect them to get because yeah. it's like constant death. But you can't yeah. shoot it. You have to outthink yeah. it as a team, yeah. and it's very much yeah. a leadership show. Um, but anyway, so I, I think this is great, but let's talk about those feelings then. And I, you kind of had a format here that you, yeah. you wanted to do. Yeah, so I thought it would be interesting, and in, in the spirit of vulnerability, is that you pick a feeling that you find to be uncomfortable that you don't like. Yeah. And I'll pick one, and then we'll unpack it together, and that'll be the show. Okay, that's uh, um, cool, yeah. So um, you you go first. What is the feeling that you want to unpack in a in a conversation that uh, you don't like? Guilt. Guilt. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I think you know you. I think it it spills into other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel guilt way more than I care <laughs> care to. Okay. And so, so do um, you do you have as much as you know? This is in this public format. Yeah, yeah. Is do you have an ex? An exa- a shareable example of the of an incident or a situation with, where you felt guilt that you could share with the listeners. Um, I mean, in in, in general, a lot of times with my humor, you know, I'll be I'll be funny, but then later on, I'm like, oh, I feel bad. But specifically, um, I feel guilt actually with my whole business. Um, mm-hmm. that I like it, I enjoy it, and I think it also is what comes from, or my self deprecating is is why I'm funny because I'm like kind of uncomfortable with oh i have it good you know hey people have kids during covid and it's crazy oh we have a bunch of free time well i feel guilty about that and Mm. so um it well this is real personal but hey hell the Mm -hmm. example uh with my parents i have not Mm -hmm. seen them very much you know made made some attempts but i'm like okay shouldn't feel guilty about for for, about that for a couple weeks so like that that's a that's a big one that i feel guilt about not having a a better relationship family in general but especially my parents there's contact and communication but not what i i think it should be better or i feel mm-hmm. like it should be mm-hmm. interesting um so what do, how do you think your life would be different if you were able to regulate guilt like and not eliminate it but like it was less important to you less of a feeling what would how would you operate differently in life how would Juan's life look different without without guilt I think I'd go faster. I think I would mm. um, make a lot. I, I think I would make decisions a lot quicker, um, not worrying about what other people would think or feel, et cetera. Um, I think I would, uh, or maybe not even think, I'd just be a lot happier. You know, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like that. I like that first reaction. Like that it would make you more, maybe more decisive. Um, and, um, so what's the positive to guilt? What do you, what do you get out of it? So there's some benefit. That's why you're having the feeling. Yeah. I, I think like I'm giving myself a, um, a pass, like here's a weird one. And if it gets back to my friends, I, I trust them to, to give me <laughs> shit or tell them, but my, my friends are going through some major stuff right now with their mm-hmm. little kids and it's life, it's life or death stuff and it sucks. Oh man! But you know, I, I'm like, well, we don't have kids. And then I'm like, you know, it's like, and then I don't even know if it's, it starts as guilt, but then it gets really messy. And then I'm like, no, you know, I just like, I don't, 
it's it's a, it's a waste of time <laughs> when I start to feel guilty. But um, it's it what comes good of it. If it's like oh, okay, I'm I'm not uh, like I'm taking myself down a peg, you know, as opposed to like, well, I have it better than everyone else, you know. I mm-hmm. um, I think if I don't feel guilty, then I don't feel. If I feel guilty, then I don't feel arrogant, and I think that's worse. Mm. But really, they both kind of suck. Yeah. Um, how was guilt taught to you by your family of origin, your 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 your, your um, social conditions as a kid? Like, how was guilt? What? How was guilt treated um, in that environment growing up? Um. You know, we were raised Catholic, which usually gets associated with guilt, but I don't think, I don't think it really came from that, that direction. Uh, Both my parents really were, uh, are, I should say, um, they're still close with family. I mean, not close, but still helpful with family. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, they're like, my family's crazy. (laughs) And and I saw them be very um, intentional about when Mm -hmm. they would help, how they had help. And also very much like, well, that person's like, I draw the line. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I like, I'll, I'll tell my wife, like, and this is, I'm saying things on record now, which <laughs> might bite me in the ass, but whatever, got to start somewhere. Um, I was like, well, I learned it from them. I'm like, when someone's being, uh, um, when we're not on the same page, I, we don't have mm-hmm. to interact regardless of bloodline, regardless of, of mm-hmm. documentation. And so, you know, it, I, my parents never guilted me into stuff, or at least I don't feel that way. Um, if anything, mm-hmm. I saw them feeling obligated to take care of people mm-hmm. that always didn't take care of them. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, why are you doing that? Yeah. So, so um, guilt is a, um, it's a survival skill. Um, and it's similar to shame in that, you know, we, we're trying to eliminate shame. It shouldn't shame yeah. people, shouldn't shame yourself, shouldn't guilt yourself. Guilt's bad, you know, don't feel guilty, you know. Um, and that's fine if, you know, from a, from a modern dialogue standpoint, but the roots of it are actually biological, they're neurological, um, guilt. And it really is around the safety of the tribe. So if you imagine in a survival situation, um, where, you know, you're part of a, an, a, a, a like an indigenous, a small indigenous tribe of hunter gatherers, and you take your neighbors, um, bow and arrow or you take their food supply or you um steal something from them that you know whatever the 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 tribal culture is to then go okay we're going to teach you guilt so you don't do that again because Uh, you're dangerous to the tribe yeah so imagine then then you add to that so guilt as a biological neurological response and then you get religious programming and every institutional religion runs on guilt and should and 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 ultimately this is why i refer to most religion as an ego management system it doesn't actually for the soul most religion i'm saying all is guilt in contemporary terms is a comparison yes if you stop comparing you don't have guilt yes because it because you're not actually doing anything to threaten the tribe you're not doing anything to threaten the tribe so so i look at guilt um as an indicator i don't feel guilty often it kind of worries me sometimes because maybe <laughs> do something that would be considered immoral or something yeah. and i just don't feel all that bad unless and this is where it comes in i do feel guilt about how i made other people feel yeah that gets to me like i because i you know my 
a good chunk of my life, especially the first 20 some years was about rejection. And it was about, um, insecurity. It was about being diminished. It was about being yeah. um, suppressed. And so I, I mean, like I even taught my sons who are both like very whole and they've always been like, you know, they're good, they're good kids, but they're, they're, you know, Logan's a big dude. Logan's six, six and he's yeah. always been big and Caden's very athletic. And I'm like, if you ever use your size, your athletic ability to, to bully someone else, I will kick your ass. Yeah. Because I had the sensitivity to other people's experiences, but then I find myself and this is where guilt comes in. And this is where I think it's a gift sometimes, which is, if you diminish someone else's experience in life, like I feel, I'll put it this way, Juan, I feel guilty that I diminished Black Lives Matter. I feel guilty about that. Yeah. I feel guilty that I was, I used to make fun of people that talked about privilege. I feel guilty about that. Yeah. But it's kind of a healthy guilt. It's like, oh, yeah. I am hurting the tribe of humanity with my narrowness. Yeah. Well, um, you actually you made me realize something or you saying it i was like it's arrogance or guilt it's kind of binary you know but when i'm really uh-huh. in flow like it's neither you know i don't think i'm better than anyone but also i don't like feel sorry for i, I see people for where they're at and what they're going through like clear clarity or you know enlightenment mm-hmm. maybe to some degree but i'm in both situations i'm comparing hero mm-hmm. or victim um, yes. but also your healthy guilt, which I've always wanted to ask you about that too. Cause I was like, I remember sometimes, <laughs> you know, you, you always, you'll say social just, justice with a certain tone and I'm like, is yeah. it good or bad? But to me, that is guilty. It's like, it's yeah. showing growth of like, oh man, mm-hmm. I, I was, a, I was, you know, shithead teenager when I was uh, 15. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. that to me is probably deserves a different word, but I definitely think it's healthy. Whereas mm-hmm. mine is almost an arrogance of like, I'm giving myself a mental penance that really doesn't matter to anyone. doesn't count. It's not a real thing other than that's going on in my head. And again, it goes back to energy. It's a waste of my time. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. it's, you know, it's, I'm feeling sorry for myself for feeling sorry for someone else or whatever it is. And it's like mm-hmm. that comparison of apples to apples uh, or apples and oranges, whatever it is, that's mm-hmm. um, it's triggered or, or instigated when I'm like, I'm not doing, I'm not being, who I think I'm supposed to be in the relationship versus mm-hmm. who I want to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those are right. very far apart. Right. And that's why I think um, you can say, well, I feel guilty, but that's not the actual feeling. If it's healthy, the actual feeling is probably more accurately described as remorse. Hmm. Um, because, uh, and I think it's important from an ontological structure standpoint that to have discernment or nuance between what we mean by certain words so guilt is about comparison remorse is about the experience that someone had else had because of you yeah and the first one is to keep the tribe alive the other one is about consciousness it's about feeling it can you imagine going through life and trying to feel compassion for people but disconnected to the disconnected to the fact that you're diminishing their experience has caused them hurt yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. And I know I've done that. Like I know over the years, like when I was in my uh, alpha aggressive phase of speaking and coaching, you know, I would, I thought it was great to call people out and everything. And so, you know, I, I still don't like certain terms. I sure. don't really like yeah. the term social justice because it's been kind of co-opted by, um, by certain people, but 
I have an understanding now of my own self because of remorse. I don't like that feeling. Yeah. And I don't, I, and I, you cannot love and hurt people at the same time. Yeah. Well, and I, I think you're, you're what I want to do and I've done it before, but so, I think that's where I go back into guilt. But remorse is, well, I'm going to do, I'm doing it differently now. Not yes, I'm going right. to, or I'm thinking about whereas guilt right. is I should have done it differently. Yeah. And maybe next time remorse well, is, let, yes. we're, we're yes. fresh, fresh take. And that's where yeah. going back to being faster, make a decision versus avoidance. Maybe even yeah. sometimes I feel like a coward. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, you know, that's, that's good. Yeah. So, so now we go back, circle back to what we said about, we were talking about religion is, you know, original religion has been one of the major influencers of like what, how we frame an emotion or a, or a, a response. And so there's like the word in religious word of repent, but this is, this needs some unpacking unto itself. Repentance does not mean apologizing for your behavior. That's what St. Augustine way back, like in, you know, 400 AD taught that or whatever year that was. And the, the establishment of the church and everything, they changed the actual meaning of repentance. Repentance means to turn from, to turn. Um, or another way, kind of what you just said earlier, is that you remorse is I'm going to do something differently now. I'm going to behave differently. That's what repentance is. Yeah. Repentance is not um, the, feeling the lashes. bad. Huh? <laughs> not the, la- the lashes, you know, where you. Yeah, you yeah. Self- it's not feeling bad and then like um, asking for forgiveness. Uh, I don't think that's, I think that's, mm-hmm. that's unhealthy. Yeah. Um, I think it's great to ask for forgiveness, but you're asking for forgiveness for something that you have remorse about, not something that you feel guilt about. Yeah. This, this is good, man. Let, let, I want to make sure you get a, a fair turn. Um, <laughs> but no, that's, this, this is good. I'm going to chew on this more. Yeah. I think I think as we transition to my feeling that I wanted to share that I don't like um, is these are feelings that these these the, there's there's a range of feelings that men have been socially conditioned to say are unacceptable and um, so um, that is something that I want to confront head on like um, it's something Emily my business partner who is like an emotional black belt taught me <laughs> year, years ago and she said feel everything there's no bad or good feelings just feel what you feel what you feel now there's good and bad behavior yeah. associated with those but not feelings i was like well that's a damn breakthrough like i yeah. never even thought about that before yeah but we still have social conditioning which is which is around certain things like so like guilt like um guilt in, in, guilt can be something seen as a um a regulator of of against wanting to be happy, successful to regulate or against that. Like, yeah. oh, I shouldn't want that. I shouldn't, I feel guilty that I need time off or, you know, fuck that. Like that's not, you know, the guilt is a comparison. Now, now if, now if you're neglecting your key relationships because you're spending so much time by yourself, sure. using that as an example, <laughs> yeah. then that's something to feel remorse about. And then you have some level of repentance and you turn and you change your behavior. Yeah. Um, so mine, mine is a feeling that um, has come back up for me that I've um, been afraid of my whole life. I'm 50 years old now, and I've been afraid of this feeling my whole life, and it's loneliness. So um, it's, it, you know, and you were, you were vulnerable, so I'm going to be vulnerable. So there's, there's, I'm going through a shift in my, a significant shift in my relationship with, with my partner of 31 years. Um, um, and then there's other factors that are yeah. not really 
for the public yet related sure. to other relationships and my the way I relate to other people in my life. And so um, what's happening for me is that after that for the first time in 31 years, 32 years, I'm living by myself essentially. Yeah. And I have been dealing with um, over the past month-ish, cr- at times crippling loneliness. Yeah. And you said this has always been a thing, though, even... Though- it's always been a thing. And so going back to kind of the previous episode where we talked about trauma versus drama is that trauma taught me, go find someone to be safe with and they'll never hurt you and you'll never feel lonely again. Yeah. Now, that's romantic and it's sweet, but romantic folly. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that that's true. Um, and so lo- loneliness has been something that I have done everything under the sun to avoid, you know, and I've spent, and I think about this and I didn't even, I even haven't admitted this to, I admitted this to myself on a walk this morning. So now I'm going to admit it to, yeah. to the podcast world Yeah, is that I was like, with loneliness is like, I traveled a lot. I've traveled a lot in my career um, yeah. and I was gone a lot. I was gone from, you know, there was a time, I think all of 2014 or was it 20, yeah, 2014, it, 2013, all of 2013, I spent a, essentially a week, a month in New York as part of a contract that I was on. So I spent a lot of time by myself, but I would fill it up. I would fill it up with watching TV. I would fill it up with going out to dinner. I would yeah. fill it up with, with the things. And I just would do whatever was necessary to avoid loneliness. Yeah. What I realized too, is that, you know, for the last seven or eight years, I have taken a person, I've done a lot of personal retreats and I do one annual one and, and I think the reason I did that is like I because I'm an eight in the Enneagram, I'm I'm very um I I, I my, my my propensity is to fight, which will come back into play here in a minute, which is I would rather have my own version of loneliness than um than to have someone feel to feel abandoned by someone, which is okay, I'm gonna go away for a weekend and 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 this yeah. is I chose this. And it was a regulatory thing. Like if I'm being honest, the first like the the mornings and the evenings of a of a retreat were filled with like just scrolling social media and <laughs> texting people and yeah you know like like and or watching YouTube videos like and I'm feeling and then back to your feeling of guilt like oh, I, I'm here on this retreat and I now know what I was doing I was being preemptive with loneliness yeah well in this particular case where I'm in a place by myself. Um, and there's there's several key relationships that have distance to them right now um that loneliness um i can't avoid it it's here yeah so what i have struggled with one is moving up through the and i at this thanks to a friend of mine yesterday this kind of breakthrough with loneliness is i went from avoiding it to like, okay, managing it. So I'm talking to a, a friend who's a coach yesterday uh-huh. and she about this and she said, well, what's loneliness like? And I said, it's like uh, wolves at the door. Well, what do you want to do with the wolves? I want to open the door and I want to blast them. I want to kill them. Yeah. Go away. And, and, and she goes, well, you bring that fighter mentality to most things that you don't like, like you want to fight it. Yeah. And so where I'm at with loneliness now is something that my friend said is, and so this is fresh out of the Justin's experience box Yeah, is, is loneliness is an invitation to examine a hidden part of yourself. 
It's yeah. a sign. It's an indicator. It's not a feeling that needs to be chased away or managed. Yeah. It's a gift. It's a gift. I, I one, this is a, a really interesting. Lame words, one, not a, not a poet, <laughs> but, but I agree. I, I, you know, like I remember the first time I lived on my own, I was like, mm-hmm this sucks. <laughs> like I got to yeah. go out and drink or, or go buy a six yeah. pack and at least I'm not alone or at least that's a lame story. But to, to, to the, the, the back and forth here, I want to go back to something because I'm sure actually that was one of the, that was the other word I was almost going to pick was loneliness. Okay. So just being a high eye social person. I don't mm-hmm. think people would guess me as being lonely. Right. Um, but why, why was it? Why is it so bad? I think you kind of said it, but for the audience, why, why do you not like feeling lonely, or what, what do you feel like when you are lonely? So loneliness is a um, loneliness brings up probably my most severe trauma responses. Um, so um, I have a propensity because of ADHD and highly sensitive person and chronic survivor of chronic childhood trauma, you know, these like factors, they're not my identity, but they're certainly factors in my story to have a, um, what's called actually, uh, rejection sensitivity dysphoria. It's a type of mental mindset related to how you handle negative feelings like loneliness. So in this time that I'm in, in this midst of the spiritual awakening that I'm having the second spiritual awakening that I'm in, that it's its own like discussion. Um, uh, I have, I am realizing that my, that, that, that most of my trauma responses are to the feeling of loneliness and it's fight. So yeah. again, my main trauma response is not freeze or flight. My main trauma response is I will fight you. Yeah. And so I'm looking at loneliness as, Ooh, I don't like this. I'm going to fight you. Um, I've also had a similar like shift with anger. Like I've, I've, I've been afraid because I can get very angry very quickly and I can, I've never done anything physically harmful to anyone, but I can be verbally harmful sure. to someone with my anger. Yeah. But I've allowed myself in this time, in this time of spaciousness that, you know, that in this, in this valley between two points that I'm in, in a, in a spiritual journey, I've allowed myself to feel anger too. It's okay to feel anger. Anger is normal. Anger means a, a, a perceived or real boundary has been violated. Yeah. And, and, um, so, so the other thing too, is that I'm a high D I'm a high D and, and so I look at loneliness as, as a weakness. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Uh, picturing like one, I was like, man, he got to go to New York a lot. That would've been cool. <laughs> but like what you <laughs> described is that's probably what I would do. I would watch some YouTube, text some friends, walk around, get some, food that yeah. I can't get anywhere else. And I wouldn't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know like, man, like, are you actually enjoying New York city or are you mm-hmm. trying to like, like when people take picture of their food, mm-hmm. yeah. you got to eat the food to enjoy the food, not to yeah. share it on social. <laughs> so what were you so afraid of by, by constantly having to get stimulus elsewhere? Like why was loneliness? So you said abandonment, like, you, you, yeah, right. Loneliness reminded me, of abandonment. That's what it reminded me of. It was an indicator. My mind processed loneliness in a context standpoint, in an ontological standpoint, that loneliness meant that I'd been abandoned or rejected. And and then you know I'm in a um, in a in a very stable relationship with a very with a very stable person. Elena was the same person for 25 years. Yeah. 
and that she had her own awakening. And part of that awakening was a realization that she's gay. And so here we are in a marriage and modifying that. And now I'm dealing with rejection again. Yeah. Now that my intellect, my rational brain is like, you know, she, she's her. You let, you know, that's who she is. Yeah. My irrational brain is, is did I do that? Um, or what does this mean about me? Yeah, it's kind of like Ross and his first his first wife. On <laughs> yeah, you know, like that kind. Of, it resonates with me. That yeah. kind of let response. Me, let me had. pause. Sorry, someone just came to the freaking door. Sorry, mm-hmm. Ross and Rachel. Oh yeah, his wife, first yeah. wife was gay, yeah. right? Was gay, right? Yeah, and you know that they made it you know part of the storyline. But he that resonated with me. Um, a funny little side story to that is when my when when my part when Lena told the our sons about her who she really was. I wasn't there. And so they text, he, they text, I, they texted me in my, on a group text, just the three of them. So Logan, Kate and I, and, um, they were like, you know, dad, your mom told us what's up. We love you. We, we're here for you. And I said, <laughs> I said, yeah, now you know why I like the character of Ross and friends so much. <laughs> and Logan, who's very quick witted, my older son said, is it because you both put too much product in your hair? <laughs> <laughs> um funny that's, that so is anyway funny. so i go back to this 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 idea that now that there's this that there's this loneliness that is that because you ask like why does it i think you're you maybe it wasn't your direct words but why do i view loneliness as such a negative yeah. thing to get rid of yeah and 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 i, I it's because i've associated until really yesterday and i'm still <laughs> you know unpacking this yeah. i've associated loneliness as a, a threat yeah, um, a loneliness is, is and as a fighter, it, loneliness is something to be eradicated. Like having, like like I referred to as wolves at the yeah. Door. Well, I'm the picturing you, Liam Neeson. I don't know if you saw that movie, yeah, The right, Gray. Right. You know, with the broken yeah. bottles. But, but yeah, right. It's taking them. Yeah. But to be in fair, you know, we can only co- cover so much. But we got a good five to ten here, or ten. Um, even when Lena was your stable, same person for 25 mm-hmm. years, you still had loneliness. Is is that yeah. fair? And that then, is correct. But and so, does that come from how you were raised, parents? Mm-hmm. Like, it's from my, my my childhood. It's a it's a trauma response. My re, my relationship with loneliness is a trauma response unto itself. Um, and one of the um, one of the worst things you can do to a child is have them doubt their own worth. And that's what trauma yeah. does. And for me, some people it manifested anger. Some people it manifested as destruct self destructive behavior. My trauma primarily manifested as is loneliness do you think that's Uh, what it all comes down to like even with mine and guilt and arrogance like my worth i'm overvalued or not may not overvalue but i'm mm -hmm. I'm, i think i'm putting myself above someone else or below someone else you're thinking hey someone doesn't love you or leaves you yeah find me desirable whatever yeah and you know and even you know in sexual assault like the value Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. do you think that's at the core of a lot of people's feelings yeah i think that i think that your it kind of goes back to our last episode that that there's there's a direct correlation between the emotion that you're most uncomfortable with and trauma yeah um and the trauma you experienced and and now that i understand that linkage um it's been, you know, like I know that I'm still going to feel loneliness. Um, I, that's going to come because that's normal. Yeah. Because we're humans and we're, and, and we like, the, I like the people I like and there are people yeah. I love to spend time with that because of current situation, I'm not able to do that. Like oh, I think, yeah. I think of like, I love spending time with Emily, Emily, my business and creative yeah. partner. We've got to see each other uh, three times this year. 
in person because she lives in Phoenix, yeah. in Scottsdale. And so, um, and that's a different thing because we can get on Zoom and whatnot. But, sure. but you know, it's another relationships yeah. I have, there's a necess- necessity for spaciousness. Yeah. And, and, and so um, it's just a very interesting thing. That, and I kind of want to just talk through this with you because you know me, know me so well. It's like, I'm, I've, and you know this in my writing, I've been all about like, we got to seek solitude. Mm-hmm. And I did that. Like I would have my, I still have my solo Sunday morning hikes and things like that. But it felt, I look in hindsight to now being living alone. Um, I look at that as, well, that was quaint. Uh-huh. Like, like this is solitude. <laughs> <laughs> this is solitude. Not, yeah. not like I'm going to go stay in an Airbnb on a farm and journal and, and plan. I mean, yeah. that's nice. Yeah. Um, but, but it, I did a, I did a, a reading. I've been doing readings on Instagram stories of stuff that I like. Yeah. And I did a Herman Hess reading and he talked about Herman Hess in this reading. I did talked about how, um, loneliness is, 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 is lo- uh, being alone or isolation or, or is, is absolutely necessary to in order to get to into the innermost parts of yourself. Yeah. And so now I, you know, I'm talking to you and you know, I'm having a good day and I'm not hungry. I'm not angry. I'm not lonely. I'm I was not just, tired. yeah, I was exactly <laughs> thinking that, that I was like, okay, when you feel lonely, like I, when I get hungry immediately, I want to sit down and put a YouTube video on. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell do I do that? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. When I, I, I want to text somebody when I'm hungry. Yeah. I'm so hungry. Like, yeah. I don't want to say it. I just want, it's weird. It's like a, it's like a biological response to an emotional trauma thing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I find myself with this issue of loneliness kind of um, excited to unpack it. So what my friend said to me yesterday, my coach friend said to me yesterday, you know, loneliness is an invitation to enter into deeper parts of yourself or hidden parts of yourself. Yeah. Uh, and so since then I'm like, Oh, I wonder what that is. I well, I was just, that, that was going to go there. What, what do you think when you, you know, couple, I don't know how long weeks, months, whatever you go in home and it's just like, I'm home. I'm going to mm-hmm. stare at the wall and it's mm-hmm. nice, you know, it's a nice wall or whatever. Like, what do you think? How, how is Justin's life going to be different when loneliness isn't such a, um, a, 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 a biological, you know, uh, yeah, as a response. Yeah, that's a good question. I'm still, this is still very embryonic, like as far as, as far as my understanding of it. But what I believe is that, um, you know, I, I said earlier that I'm on this spiritual, a new spiritual experience. I mean, like a new awakening or second awakening from dependency, codependency to what I'm referring to as intimacy. Mm-hmm. And I, my belief is that when, when I am comfortable with loneliness, I'm okay feeling lonely and it does not produce a trauma response. Then I'm ready for actual and true intimacy. Ah, Oh yeah. I think that's the, you know, if I use my like puzzle solver brain, that's what I think it might be. Now I could be get in there and get into my interior self and maybe it's something radically different than that. But if I'm at, you know, ask you ask me right now on November uh, 14th, 2020, that's how I feel like, you know, it goes to something I said, I think, on earlier on this episode or a previous one, which is all of our feelings are here to teach us something. Yeah. And I think that loneliness is here to teach me intimacy, not intimacy from someone else, but intimacy with me. And I mean, intimacy, I mean like completely unfiltered presence. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 
completely like a complete spiritual and emotional nudity. (laughs) This is me. Yeah. And if I can do that with me, then I can do that with someone else. And then that's a different kind of relationship. Now it's basically this one. And you're really helping me. Your questions are great because you're helping me understand something. I have to go back and listen to this episode for my own therapeutic reasons. Once you get it posted (laughs) Mm -hmm. is same is intimacy or loneliness is teaching me about let me so if i learn to love and accept loneliness it what it does and i can i'm I'm struggling here because i can feel like this idea that's outside of my intellectual mind is it's, it's it's this it's it's impossible to be truly into into let's call it conscious intimacy and be codependent at the same time i'll know i've truly left the village of codependency when i can sit in loneliness and feel intimate with it nice yeah that's that's you know if i'm gonna put words like you know goals on it that's the goal yeah yeah and well the the naked thing like i'm like you know i know other people you know they have six packs and stuff like oh i'd be naked but like yeah you but you'd be wanting to do it for uh, approval of like, hey, I'm yeah, not, I'm I'm, right. I'm putting a bathing suit on because I know people yeah. will know that. Well, that's not. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I I remember as a kid, I had, I had you know, man, extra extra fat around my my chichis and yeah. <laughs> my, my boobs, you know, and like yeah, I hated it. Reason. And uh-huh. then even as an adult, and even still today, I'm like, oh, my wife's like, you don't have them. I'm like, I feel like I do, yeah. but right. I don't care. You know, I don't. And you know, I've met other people who wear a t-shirt and they go in the pool, but like, not I'm t- not speaking purely from a physical standpoint. But well, I put think, that's a factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that that has yeah, it's how you not just what other people see when you're content with what you see and not just content you you love what you see in the mirror. And I don't mean like uh, um what what's the what's not body shaming or the opposite of like hey, it's good to yeah. be big, but like yeah. not it's like body acceptance. Yeah. yeah, I'm not talking like in the cocky or maybe not in cocky, like the happy, you know, trying to sell mm-hmm. underwear sort of way. I'm just saying like <laughs> you know like hey, uh, I'm, I'm a uh, this is me you know and and you know this you know might have a muscle here or right. you know whatever like to have that feeling and which will kind of bring it back together i feel lonely but then to fill it up if i'm not texting to it i feel guilt the guilt Ooh. is my ma- and so i think it's like this mm-hmm. russian nesting doll of, of things right. that come yeah, back right, to right. i'm not mm-hmm. content with staring at myself naked in front of the figurative right. mirror um, right so yeah that's that. And, 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 and I think, you know, you, I think it's great that you brought that up because, you know, we have in our culture, a lot of body issues we have, you know, like it's often described towards women, you know, where they, there's these, yeah. you know, these, and, but it happens with men too. Like, oh yeah. It like, happens. Said, like the six pack ab or, or it's like, um, the, it, 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 it's just a, he, he kind of destroyed his brand because of his be- behavior, but Louis CK, mm-hmm. Uh, talking about the dude that is born well endowed and how <laughs> much of an advantage he has in life from an in, from a from like a confidence standpoint. Yeah, um, and that's that's the bit where he talks about like you know what I say to man like if you look like me eventually the guy that was so hot when he was younger is going to go to seed and I've looked like this my whole life so <laughs> you know like, so he goes. He says that we need it. We need it. It gets better for people that look like me. Yeah. He said. And which is, you know, he, he obviously had um, emotional issues because it showed up in his behavior, sure. um, especially yeah. towards women. My point to all that is we still like, like, like 
body shame of any sort is an indicator of other things that we're unwilling to uncover. Yeah. I guarantee you it's going to show up in, 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 in um, sexual intimacy. Yeah. It's going to show up in emotional intimacy. It's going to show up in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Um, well, and and I'll, I'll say this is if you say, hey, Juan, you're an alien from Mars. I'd be like, that's just stupid, Justin. Like, I wouldn't take it in. But if you said, hey, Juan, you're not that great of a book author, I'd be like, yeah, I don't think so either. Like, it wouldn't bother me as much. Uh-huh. You say, hey, Juan, you're not that good at consulting. I'd be like, you're wrong. And like, my reaction <laughs> to these changes. But then if you say, hey, Juan, you're a bad son. Uh-huh. That hurts. Like, me even fucking saying it. <laughs> like, hurts yeah. me saying it. Yeah, and right. I think all of those things are a reflection of when I'm looking in the mirror and all those things mm-hmm. say, like, I'm not an alien. I'm cool with the, the mirror image. But when mm-hmm. it's a bad son or it's a bad mm-hmm. husband or whatever mm-hmm. it is, and so working through all these feelings, PTSD, trauma, um, mm-hmm. your, what was that book you said in the last podcast, Body Keeps yeah, Score. Yeah, Body Keeps the Score, right. You know, and I think it's not just like physical, we all, Spartans, actually, we're going to do a podcast on why Juan doesn't like Spartan mentality. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth the six packs, man. A lot of toxic crap that, not even talking about masculinity, it's just like how to live in your yeah. life is ruined right. by that mentality. Um, I'm right. partly envious, but that's a different feeling. But I think it at the end of the day, your body keeps the score. Are you sleeping well? Does your skin look good? And and that's it, one arrogant thing. If you ever give me advice, Juan Kingsbury, I immediately look at, like, does a person have bags under their eyes or good or bad mm-hmm. skin? And I'm not talking, like, flawless, like, supermodel. Right. Just, what I'm looking for is, does this person's advice translate to this person sleeps really good at night? Yeah. And if you're yeah. a hustler and you buy a Porsche... That doesn't equate to that right. thing every time. And I'm yeah. always looking for, is this person well-rested? Um, yeah. And so it's, I don't know where I'm going. Cut me yeah, off. Yeah, that's okay. Hook me. I, I, I want to loop it back just as a final thought because um, around loneliness and behavioral style. Um, yeah. And so I'm at basically 100D, 100I. And, um, and so the I is the lonely part. The D hates that I feel lonely. Yeah. And attacks it. Yep. And what I'm learning and, you know, on the run, on the fly, like I'm like, it's almost like I'm live vlogging a spiritual <laughs> experience is I am learning that um, neither of those are, are true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that they're both trauma responses and that, and they are, and my reaction or my response to the trauma response is optional. Yeah. And it's all about reframing Alan Prussian. Um, yeah, I know Alan. Um, yeah. So he's a, he's a dear friend of mine and he told me about this ontological structure that I, um, that where you can, where you have to, where you got to go back and reframe your context about certain things. And so what I would encourage everyone to do is to take your, take your, the, the emotion you dislike the most that you feel on a consistent basis. Take You know, the one you're most uncomfortable with, you don't like, you treated those wolves at the door, you want it to go away. Look at it as an invitation, just as my friend said, but further than that, look at the way, what would happen if you reframe the context? So if I reframe, you know, I'll do a live fire example right now. So, so, so context then informs mindset, which is informs actions, which informs outcomes. So if you want a certain outcome, then you have to go back to the context. You can't just change your actions. You can't just change your mindset. You got to go back to the context. Yeah. The, the ontological way that you apply a word to something like loneliness means something. Ontolo- ontology is the study of meaning or being. So 
with loneliness, if I can recalibrate that as an invitation and I can reframe loneliness as something that is a gift and an indicator of self-exploration, an indicator of an opportunity to learn more intimacy within myself. Yeah. That massively changed my mindset to the middle of the night and I wake up and it's three o'clock in the morning. I'm, I feel like, you know, yeah. it's like, no, I ch- I'm changing the context. Yeah. Then it changes the actions. Yeah. So the actions isn't like picking up the phone to text someone because I feel lonely or, um, you know, um, other, other physical responses. And then, then it goes to, then you get the outcome you want. And the outcome that I want to your previous question is I want, what I want is I want my relationship with me to be as at least equally intimate to a relationship I would have with anyone else. That's what I want. Dude, and so looping back to that, yeah. it starts within reframing loneliness, re- reframing the context. We'll, we'll go real meta here as, as as we wrap this, but um, and it's a little contradictory because just, Justin's talking about um, being lonely. But if you were to go back and re-listen to this, I'm not quite sure, and maybe it's because we got interrupted with with my doorbell ringing. But <laughs> our tone and sound change. The context that we both started with our feelings to now, mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. like, we haven't solved anything entirely, mm-hmm. but how we relate to these things. And I think to go real full, you know, He-Man mm-hmm. uh, uh, stuff, that's why we're supposed to be around campfires. And that's why mm-hmm. we're not supposed to not show our feelings and do the opposite right. and trust our brothers, our uncles, our fathers, yeah. and and yeah. whatever that word is, not yeah. tell, but listen, release, and, yes. and, and what do you call it? Repent you know, turn yeah. and, and make a different thing. So I think yeah. if you replay this um, and we both will listen, yeah. <laughs> you're going to hear a shift in both of us individually, mm-hmm. um, which is a very heavy on feeling. And it's almost like we, we kind of separate and we're, yeah. we're a little bit more There's free. There's a lightness to it. Yeah, There's energy lightness. behind it. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the power of vulnerability that Brene Brown talks about. Yeah. And I think it's also, if you get into the stuff like David Dida's Way of the Superior Man or Iron John by Robert Bly, we are missing masculine intimacy in this country. Yeah. Um, we, we've been conditioned, especially my generation and yours is like, you know, to show emotions is gay. Yeah. That's the term we would use. Yeah. What terrible bullshit is that? Yeah. Um, first of all, it's offensive to people that are gay, but it's yeah. also offensive to you that are having the feelings. Yeah. And, and I think that there's, well, it, there's also, it's also stupid. Like I mean, yeah. you're really clear, like it's counter you're in pain, yeah. bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> the, and you're yeah. denying the medication right. that would actually set you free. Yes. Now, if you go back to like, um, black Hawk down or saving private Ryan or something is this is the thing about it. This is the, this is like the secret for men in particular, which is if you want to be a badass, in the moment, in the crisis moment, when the shit hits the fan, not, you know, hey, am I going to make my mortgage payment? But like somebody's breaking into the house or you've got to, the pandemic is killing everybody and you got to go on the run, like, or you're in a combat situation, whatever. You go to a, like a real ass trauma, uh, traumatic event. If you want to be a badass in that, you have to be a badass with your own emotional health. Yeah. What the Navy, what what they teach in the Navy SEALs, what they teach in martial arts, what they teach in um, in in high in, you know high intensity sports like football or the NBA, um, is all about this mindfulness related to the in the moment of pressure. Um, this is where this is where your desire to wall off your emotions is going to fail you. Yeah, it will fail uh... you. And and you can see this with like different scenes like in. Um, uh, lone survivor 
where they show the these men like sharing each other's pictures of their wives and their girlfriends and wives or yeah. kids and, and saying I love you I love you to each other I love you man and and so my my thing to this if you're a man and you're listening to this and you have feelings you're uncomfortable with go sit down with another man and say I've got some feelings I'd like to talk to you about would you help me unpack them yeah now Juan you and I did this a lot you know on air yeah. Um, and that's, I'm not saying everybody should do that. But if you don't podcast your feelings, you're not a man. <laughs> Quote Juan Kingsbury. Not just kidding. <laughs> what a perfect ending to the show. Yeah. Uh, but dude, this this is really good. I, I was like, yeah. oh my God, my family's going to be so mad. But whatever. I really mean it. Yeah. And uh, I got to deal with it. It's not their problem. Right. This is about your feelings, not theirs. Yeah. So. This is and, great, man. Yeah. I def- same with myself. Like this isn't about who I'm lonely for. It's about loneliness and what it's here to teach me. Yeah, that's good, man. This is good. And actually, I think this is going to come out around Thanksgiving. So Perfect. awkward I times. Loneliness during the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. All right, brother.